0: Welcome to this week's edition of Our History here at the Carlton Football Club at Busy Park. Today's guest. His was an all-too-brief career, 65 games in three seasons from 1981 through 1983. But for those who saw him play, his was truly a highlights reel, littered with high marks, spectacular goals and the triumphs of back-to-back grand final victories which set the David Park and Coach Carlton teams apart through those glory years of 1981 and 1982. Wearing the number four Guernsey, he later tried to get back from Stephen Curnahead. This man got the turnstiles ticking over at Princess Park and everywhere else for that matter because he played the game with an audacity and flair, less seen now, where team and structure are the more familiar buzzwords. But 30 years ago, he was the buzzword, or more precisely, the buzz. He is, of course, Peter Bazzusto. He's in town from his native Perth in Western Australia and he's here today in the studio at Vizzy
1: Park. Peter, welcome back to Carlton. G'day, Tony, and uh, you know, I don't know about the uh, home back there, mate. This is my second home. I just love coming back to the club, and uh, thanks very much for the red carpet and the uh, dancing girls. A couple of bluebirds, ex-bluebirds out there too, Tony. How did you organise that?
0: <laughs> we uh, we spare no expense here, Peter, as you know. <laughs> uh, and it, might I say, Peter, sitting here in the uh, the, the ironically named Bruce Steel Media Room, it's great to see that famous mark of yours against Geelong your mm, in eighty yes, one, racing the yeah. wall.
1: Well, you see the little white mark at the top of my head there, Tony. That's the grandstand roof. I nearly hit my head on it, you know? So, uh, And, of course, the aircraft, the Southern marine rang the press box, if you wouldn't believe, and David Parkin said, uh, you know, keep Buzz out of our airspace, will you? <laughs> we will get to that mark very soon, Peter. Yep. But
0: we, of course, have a lot to cover. And first of all, I want to ask you, the fact you're in Melbourne Town, what brings you back? What are you doing?
1: Uh, look, a lot of uh, uh, PR stuff, uh, Tony, and a lot of... Uh, uh, charity work, a lot of fundraising for clubs, and we do uh, we do a lot of that. And with you know, Mark Jacko Jackson and, uh, and Boric Capper, Alex Jeselinko, Jesa comes with us a few times, and. Uh out of our uh, little spot there over in Lygon Street, a very good, uh, very good base camp we got there at Bar Central in Lygon Street. Our mine host, Carl Sabatuni, an absolute rampant Carlton supporter, and he looks after me all the time. But uh, no, it's great to get back to the to Melbourne Town. I try and get back two or three times a year because I love it here. Um, you know, Carlton uh, did absolutely the right thing by me all those years ago, and uh, you know, if, if I can do anything for the club whatsoever, you know, I'm I'm usually in for the bum fight, mate. So, you know, so but it's great to be here. Yeah. Peter, uh,
0: we've got a lot to pour through and we begin, really, by uh, talking about your father, Bob so who, of course, was a Carlton player. Yes. Here, um, a 20-game player in two th- seasons through 55 and 56 uh, and the club's best first-year player in 55. Mm. Um, are you able to... Talk a little bit about Dad's uh, football career, specifically his time at Carton. I know mm. he's no longer with us, but did he ever shed light on those early days here?
1: Oh, he loved it, Tone, and, and, uh, you know, and, you know, I don't think you actually mentioned this, but he was number four as well. Now, that is isn't amazing... I didn't know that at all till, um, you know, the historians at the club actually spoke to me a couple of years ago, and I didn't actually know that, you know, so... Uh, and when you said that about Stephen, uh, a couple, of, you know, a couple of years later, when I come back, uh, I don't know what they would have done, Steve. I had to come back, and I don't know what they would have done, uh, Tony. Number four was very, very to my heart, and. Uh you know, over the years I've been uh, watching it With an eagle eye, the number four who's got the jumper And uh, they don't have to answer to Steve Cooney And they've got to answer to me, the number four So, uh, But no, mate, look um, uh, Dad was a half-back flanker, a bit stocky Five foot ten, uh, you know Played off that half-back line in the, in the pocket And that sort of thing, but a uh, very, very tough player uh, he, used to, he used to tell me that, but look I was the flary type, you know, and I kicked the un, Unwarranted things, you know, spectacular Marks, goals and that sort of thing, so uh, you know, A bit different than Dad, but uh, No, I don't really know too much about it, but um, you know uh, his name is in the history of Carlton Football Club, which I'm proud of. Yeah.
0: Did he have a, a like a auspicious career uh, in the Waffle? Was mm. he was he a good player back home, local football?
1: Yes, yes, he was. He played with Perth, the same club as I did. I went through the same uh, thing, and uh, of course, as you just mentioned, the father son rule come into come into effect, and uh, that's another story time. Would you like me to go into that story regarding the uh, uh, the arrival at uh, at Princess Park?
0: Absolutely. You threw you throw a different slant on it, Peter. I understand that there were over from another club before that?
1: Oh look there was plenty of uh, plenty of overtures when I kicked uh, seven goals in the 78 grand final in the wet in Perth uh, you know the Geelongs the Richmonds uh, you know the uh, even Collingwood uh, but I, I, I actually signed about uh, three or four weeks later with North Melbourne under a form 4 now Tone a form 4 in those days if you come to Melbourne within the two years you had to play for that club um, you know Barassi and that was with, with, with North Melbourne now Tony, I thought I was a bit uh, slim and a bit, uh, you know, I had to put on weight. I'd played a couple of state games, and that really, you know, uh, bore me aware that uh, you know I've got to, you know, I've got to put on some, uh, you know, some condition. And and Dad was a very big influence on me in that time, and he actually said to me, uh, you know, you're just not ready. Yet. You're just not ready yet." Of course, now it's only seventeen, 18, You've got to be ready, you know, plus the GWS, et cetera, et cetera. But, um, you know, I decided to to, uh, to stay a few more years, get a, get a couple of state games under my under my belt, uh, you know, play with some great players. Robert Wiley, of course, ended up going to uh, Richmond, and uh, Alan Johnson went to uh, Melbourne, and uh, I decided to, to stay those other two years. Now, mid-80, uh, 1980, um, Carlton come over, come a-courting, come a and, uh, you know, they brought their chequebook with them, and, uh, you know, I liked a lot of zeros on the end of my stuff, Tone, you know, so, <laughs> so I actually uh, didn't know they were here, this, this particular game, and uh, I kicked 11 against South Remandle. Uh, in the waffle, and uh, they had great players like Morris Rioli playing for them and Be- uh, Benny Vigona, a state player, um, Stephen Michael, probably the greatest ruckman never to come to to Victoria, and um, Jimmy Ellison and, of course, the hierarchy um, invited me to come to Melbourne, but not beknownst to me, they were playing in uh, uh, Sydney in their promotional games, you know, in 80. So I flew to Sydney with the actual team, Percy Jones was, uh, was the coach, and um, I sat in the Sydney cricket grandstand, the Don Bradman stand, whatever it was, uh, Tony, and uh, got wooed by Carlton, and I actually signed uh, the form. I asked the question, of course, hang on, you can't sign me, I can't sign with two clubs, I'll accept the cash, but you know, <laughs> I can't sign with two clubs, but, um, and of course, that the rest is history, I, I signed, uh, I was that, that excited, um, you know, that I was going to wear the navy blue jumper, um, it, wasn't a, it wasn't a fluke that I, I, I sort of chose Carlton, um, you know, I had two players that I really wanted to play football with, one was Wayne Johnston. And one was Mark McClure. Now, that happened to be across the half wood line, I know. But, uh, you know, I just watched the 79 grand final. I thought, geez, it'd be great to play for that club.
0: So you were watching on from afar, and those were the players that really piqued your interest. You mm. wanted to play in that team with yep. those guys. Yep.
1: And, of course, you can throw in Southby and Dool and uh, uh, Roddy Ashman and these sort of guys. And uh, we won 79. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, term, we, we, we were two games clear in 80, and we got beaten in straight, straight sets. sets. So. Actually, Carlton actually said to me, we need to shore up a half forward and a half back. Now, a great player, Ken Hunter, come with me. Now, that's another story tone. Uh, We had our last game in Perth in uh, 1980. Kenny and I were playing and 4,000 people there going, good on you, Kenny, good on you, Buzzer, good luck for next year, good luck at Carlton, da-da-da-da, you know. So we go, the the first game, and we we come over together in uh, in 1980.
0: So through that period, were you and Ken Hunter confiding, you know, about the move? Mm. You know, it was good in retrospect, that you yeah. had each other yeah, to yeah. share this experience. Sure, yeah. W- was that
1: important? Oh, very, very important. Uh, Tony, the, it goes back a little bit further. Kenny and I actually played together in junior academy squads. And uh, Kenny's uh, uh, mum and dad moved to Claremont area out of it and then we, we started to play against each other. But I, I, I was well aware how good Hunter was. Well aware, you know, and uh, he played, we often played against each other in, uh, in uh, you know, and... You know, maybe we broke even. Maybe Kenny might have been been in front because Hunter was just an unbelievable player at, at waffle level because he just dominated, uh, you know, the competition there. And uh, and and I was just so grateful to you know to come across with him. And uh, Tony, I think Carlton people have, have got to be very very aware that you know that and, and I'm not you know blowing my own uh, trumpet, but you know we went to a side that was ready for for a halfback. Now you know I'd be shuddering as I played, but North Melbourne a dual Peribek and Hunter. I would have been shaken, Tony. You know, that's why I went to Carl. you know. But you know what I mean. It was just such a, just such a fantastic, uh, uh, you know, period to be be with the club because they'd already had the, the, the mounting, didn't they, of, of premierships. And, uh, you know, to get David Parkin, uh, you know, over at that stage was just a huge cue for the club.
0: I was going to mention David Parkin. It was a pivotal year. That was his first year at the club. And it was also a year where I think Kevin Chudy signed at mm, Essendon, Al Jones yes. at Hawthorne, mm. and Barassi at Melbourne. Mm. So it was a, it was yes. an amazing year in that respect. Mm. Parkin... David Parkin, you know, as a coach, what's, yeah, how did you find him?
1: Oh, changed my career, uh, no doubt, no doubt, changed my career. Um, yeah, Tony, I kicked. I think I kicked seventy-five, eighty, and eighty-five the the, the previous three years. You know, and. Uh, and park and come across and just, just you know, uh, he, he actually come across once just to talk to me. Um, <clears throat> he said, I want you there in October, November. I said, David, I don't start pre-season until the end of February. And uh, I don't think he took too well to that, though. But uh, <laughs> but I had a sports shop at the time, or a couple of sports shops. And I just said, look, I'll, can you give me a rundown and I'll I'll, put, I'll uh, adhere to that. Um, you know, come across about mid-February. And, and I was pretty, pretty fit in, in, in those days and had a regime that... Uh, um, the, the Carlton um, physeders give me, and uh, I started pretty well straight into. I, I was a great believer in say having half fitness, three quarter fitness by the time the scratch matches, and maybe full fitness by the time the uh, uh, the, the, the scratch matches come available. But Parkin had his few uh, you know little idiosyncrasies that we had to do. But uh, no, look, he, he 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 allowed me to do uh, do a lot of things. First game, Tony, you know, unbelievable. You know. Um, uh, I shot my mouth off for about two or three weeks. How high I could jump, you know. How how good I could tackle. How good I can, uh, you know, uh, run around and kick goals, etc., etc. Run out onto the ground, tone. We just come from four thousand people saying, "Get on, your bus. There's seventy-seven thousand people at the first game, Richmond versus Carlton, one of the biggest games, you know, of the year. becomes Apart from was that Waverley actually? Waverley, tone? yeah, seventy-seven thousand, and uh, I'd run around like twenty minutes for the headless chuck. I thought, I'm gone here, I'm gone, I've shot my mouth off. All of a sudden, I've seen the runner come screaming out to me and uh, I can't say the actual words that he said. It was something like, you big-headed so-and-so from W.A., you've shot your mouth off, what's going on? I said, I can't breathe, I can't move. Parkin actually saw this, Tony, and this is what what um, I'm getting around to, that uh, he sent the runner back, telling him to sit down, take a couple of breaths, stand up. Just do a 360 around the ground and take all the actual crowd in. And you know what? That helped me tremendously because I had 30 possessions in the next three and a half quarters. I've kicked three goals and I've become the player of the round in that first round when they used to do a player of the round. So David Parkin, as you just mentioned, what a fantastic coach. And he did blend... A lot of eighteen or twenty or twenty-five individuals into a champion team,
0: and I would imagine, Peter, that and I've always thought of you as a big occasion player. Brent Croswell oh. probably the same. You mm. know, the bigger the crowd, the yeah. better you perform. Did did you, as time went on, did you seem to use that as as a spur? You know, did, yes. to get you up for games.
1: Yeah. Look, I did, and um, I. Any other side, Tony? I don't think I would have been able to do it because you know the, um, we blended very well together. You know, a lot of people say you know that you know that I was the you know the the flamboyant, but but you know Johnson could turn it on just like that too. I, I saw John, Johnson Wayne Johnson, the Dominator, you know, just crush sides. And, and I think that was the that was the good part about the Carlton sides because we had our real rock solid players but we had a couple of flamboyant players and we had a good working team. You know the Mosquito Flute was outstanding Tony. Marku, Ashburn, Buckley, Sheldon, Johnston you know Malin, Glascott on the wings and it was just a sensational side and uh, you know I, I think it's very close, I do I, I think it's very close to the best Carlton side ever in those four or five year period um, and uh, you know I think we blended well together and uh, I think I mentioned to you before Tom we had the 82 reunion couple of, couple of months ago at the MCG, eighteen of the twenty there. Uh, Val Pere have was sick on the day, and David Glascott was touring. Brucey Dool was even there, time But that's the I think the respect that we had for each other, and that's why I think we won you know three or four of the you know premierships in that time. And David Park, and you mentioned off air, was smart enough to afford the players a little, a little bit, bit of rope. Yeah. I mean, yeah. obviously
0: there were extroverts, mm. and, and oh, yes. standards were different yeah. than as they
1: are today. Mm. And yet, when you hit the track. It was head down, tail up. Full on. Yeah, no, that's a very good point. And uh, Parkin actually made that a couple of times. But look, Tony, we're talking about in the old days, there was... You know uh, cans of VB, slabs of VD after the game, and cigarettes were done, and all that sort of thing. And 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 Parkin put up with that. He didn't like it, but he put up with that. And uh, you know the boys in the end started to you know to call back from that time. You know and uh, you know there was only one slab in the in the uh, thing of the, a couple of weeks later, and one smoke. Now they've got they've this long, glucose, and they've got water and Gatorade, and uh, you know they've got girls running around rubbing them and that sort of thing. But uh, look, that's the that's the evolution of football, isn't it? And, were you
0: uh, actually a smoker or a drinker? No, you weren't no. at all. No, 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 so no. it wasn't an issue for you.
1: No, 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 it didn't didn't smoke. Yeah, uh, you know, there was only three or four. Phil Mail, I think. Kenny Hunter, uh, uh, um, uh, Mark McClure, Jimmy only. It, it, have oh, Jimmy, it, go. Jimmy would have the, uh, the bet and shoot in his pocket. You know, <laughs> so he was checking the scoreboard. And I was wondering what he's doing every now and then, mate. He's looking at the scoreboard. Look at the look at the score, Jimmy. You no, know, the numbers in race six. You know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now I wanted to ask you, Peter, about settling in at Carlton yeah. because you you were taken in by the famous Leo Brooks at wow. his house in Rathdown mm, Street. Yes. Um, you, you perhaps should explain for those who aren't initiated who mm. Leo
1: Brooks was and his connections. Yeah, fantastic stalwart of the club. Um, when I first came over, Tony, uh, t- t- in late, as I said, late February, um, I didn't have anywhere to stay, and they actually said, look, Leo was uh, uh, you know, our sort of confidant or whatever, and uh, he'd cook a meal for us or whatever, and uh, I moved into a, a little little one-bedroom apartment you know, while I was here you know, till the pre-season. Uh, and then, uh, look, that's another story. So please ask me about that in a minute because that was a, that, that was a big story, the, the actual signing uh, in the first game. But Leo was a fantastic stalwart, as I just mentioned, and uh, he, he, he just looked after me and, and look, it's a it's a absolute honour roll, isn't it? Brent Croswell stayed. Mike Fitzpatrick stayed with Leo. Wayne the Dominator Johnson stayed. Mike Fitzpatrick, you know, just just went on and on myself, you know. So, uh, and Leo had a bit of a link, a little bit of a link to uh, a, a, a family called the Morans. <laughs> Mark and Jason were absolute one-eyed Carlton supporters, you know. But they grandsons. yes, Leo's grandsons, and of course uh, um, Judy. He's, his daughter, she was in, involved with, um, with yeah. So it's it's quite hard to uh, to talk about it within a, within an hour or so, Tone. But uh, no, look, and none of that was was uh, ever uh, you know ever brought out. Uh, they were quite happy to be Carlton supporters, and uh, uh, they were in the rooms all the time. They were only sixteen and eighteen at the time, Tone. Twenty by the time you know it, I, I left in 84. and of course a lot of the skullduggery happened <laughs> around about Wait the mid nineties right. and into the nineties, mate. Yeah.
0: But still, you were looked after. You were well yep, treated. Yep. You, you felt at home. Yes, the house yep. is still there. I take. <laughs> yeah,
1: it. what no, number in Rathdown Street? Peter? But, um, well, you lived in Drummond Street, Drummond seven seventy-seven, I think, Drummond Street, and then went down to Canning Road. Actually, where actually Canning Ken, Street, Ken Hunter uh, abides. But uh, look, Leo used to, uh, you know, be the absolute. Uh, uh, doy on of the, of the door there and whatever you know the crackers were going off and you know any Mangers and you know he'd stir the place up and that sort of thing and uh, but it was it was you know it was just a delight and and, and tony look you know as i mentioned before i signed with Carlton and it wasn't a fluke because I, I really wanted to wear that 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 blue jumper with that navy sorry with that white insignia you know because it's one of the most powerful symbols i thought at the time in in australian football and tony six or seven games into the season i'm going I can't believe this and I'm playing for the greatest you know club they're paying me to do it and you know we're playing some unbelievable footy so for a young fellow from Western Australia it was was such a you know you know over Overbearing type thing, but you know, people like Wes Lops and, and, and David Parkin, and uh, you know these sort of guys, Brian Quirk, you know k- kept the side you know really really well together, and uh, you know that's I think that's why we played very well at time because we were you know switched on every we didn't have to be we didn't have to be threatened we didn't have to be uh, challenged to be motivated I think it was just that a good aside. Tony, you might have the stats that year. Was it nineteen three or, or, or twenty two that we won or something? Run. Yeah, yeah. Run, yeah. In, in that year, clearly the, the mm, best side
0: yeah. going around at that particular period.
1: In eighty one, I mean that. Too. In eighty yes. two, was very very similar. You know, yes. it was, I think it might have been about sixteen five. But you know, we had to work a little bit harder for the eighty two one. But I'm sure we'll get to that we'll later. Get to yeah. it. Um,
0: I think I've got this right, Pete, In the second round against Hawthorne at Princess Park, you uh, were running one way. Dipper might have been running the other. Well, and he came off actually second. Yes.
1: Game. Well, look, you know, I had the you know the, the first first game. Of course, I just just uh, uh, explained. But the second game was was against Hawthorn uh, um, out here at our our famous hallowed ground, and uh, and and I really wanted to play here, you know, because Princess Park, you know, auditorium, forty five thousand people. And and I loved Tony. I loved the 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 sound, the the roar. You know, when you ran on, love the roar. And um, I would played pretty well the first ten minutes. I kicked a couple, and uh, you know, I used to go back and help the half back line out just in case Dooley was under pressure. So this day, I that was the ten minute mark, and I swooped on a ball across half back. You know, got a hand pass from uh, Bruce, seared a fifty five meter low drop punt to the skipper at centre half forward. And I used to run the 10 seconds in, the 110 seconds in those days, Tone, but not, not, not now, and I was on him in a flash, you know, when he was going to handball it to me, he thought not. I would have slopped it from 60 metres, you know that, Tone. So I went around the back of the pack, and as you just mentioned there, there was Robert at domenico standing at the back of the pack and was going to block my run. And I thought to myself, shall I run left of him, shall I run right? And I thought, oh, frig it, I'll run straight through him. So I broke his, I broke his chest plate in nine places down his sternum. So yeah, that was a uh, yeah. I got I got called the the thug from West Australia, the bash artist, and that sort of thing in the paper the next day. But Dipper tried to get me for six years, Tony. That's the that's the point. Three years at Carlton, of course, in about three state games, never did, never did. And we often talk about it that you know. And there would be too many players about that could claim Dipper
0: as a scalp. You pulled up all right from the. From the clash. Yeah,
1: no, fine, mate. The next next week was a bit uh, a bit bit awesome. No, uh, but Ronny Andrews grabbed me by the scruff of the throat. I was a bit, I was a bit, uh, you know, I thought, well, what's going on here? Um, that was the third game. We went out to Waverley again. or seventy odd thousand there again, and uh, run onto the ground, and uh, I ran past Andrews, and he said, "Barge, you told me you're a weak so and so." You know, that's the Tony Barge. our a great uh, little rover from Western Australia state game. At about the 10-minute mark, Tony, I ran past you, he was throwing this right, and he's hit me under the chin and, and give me 15 stitches under the chin. I stopped and propped, and I don't know how I did it. I threw one back, and I hit him in the side of the face, and he just sort of looked at me, and um, he said, that's the only thing you could have done but me not to keep bashing, crashing you all day. <laughs> Excuse me. And, and umpire Robinson came over and said, right, you've got two in each. You want to keep going with it? I said, no, I've had enough. I've had enough. In those days, Tane, you got away with that sort of yeah. thing. But now, they would have taken their trial by video or whatever, and we may have got three or four weeks each, which I get disappointed with, uh, Tane, and we'll get, we'll get on to that local football. Scrutiny is huge, yeah. isn't it? You um, kicked eight goals against South Melbourne
0: uh, at Princess Park, I think in the ninth round of 81. Yes, yeah. yes. yes. Um, you have uh, good recollections of that particular afternoon?
1: Vivid memories. Um Terrific! Um, you know, it was it was such a great team performance. Um, actually, I kicked. I think I kicked eight or nine after after the quarter time time. But I didn't. I didn't think I touched the ball in the first quarter. And uh, <coughs> excuse me, I um I kicked uh, I kicked three in the second. Um it took took a couple of you know overhead marks. But it was one of those days, Melbourne days, you know, where it? Was drizzly and uh, you know and I. I, I think I was a bit bit better player when it was slippery and that because I you know I prided myself on being very skillful because of the Perth grounds you know the Perth grounds were very hard and we can tone our schools, you know a, a lot better and I think I kicked oh three or four in a three or four in the third quarter and three or four in the last quarter so it got me up to about yeah eight or nine or whatever it was and uh, but again you know. Um, You've, you've, the memories are great. The mem- memories are great. But, you know, I just keep coming back. You couldn't you couldn't do these things if you didn't have a great side around you. No, You know, true. I'm in that Bruce Dool room now. You can see Bruce and Roddy Ashman and Kenny Hunter. And, uh, you know, I just keep thinking back into those. And, uh, you know, I was very, very fortunate to play with, you know, with, with champions and legends of the club like those. And, again, it happened at Princess Park. And we've spoken briefly
0: about your time on the ground. Of course, today's carton players don't mm-hmm. have that uh, opportunity to play Games of Premiership points yeah. at Visi Park, yeah. as it's now known. Yeah. But for those that yeah. have never played there, mm. to to run out onto Princess Park, yeah. what what was it actually like? You know, if you paint the picture yeah. of that place, what would you say? Oh,
1: an honour for a start, uh, an honour. You know, to, to play. And uh, as I mentioned before, the, the old jumper Tony was the acrylic with the you know the woven CFC, which you know a lot of people uh, battled for, not a lot got. And uh, I feel a little bit sorry for the current players or the last 10 years or whatever. They've had that polyester, which is, you know, know, I know it's pressed on, but it's puffed and that sort of thing. But in those days, you really had to earn that jumper. And I think that's what a lot of the old guys, you know, uh, pull back. And, uh, you know, Tony, I've had, you know, I've got the number four. Premiership jumper, you know, at home in the grand final, and we wore the same jumper all year, Tony. Now they probably wear about about six a week or something. You know, poor old Juddie must, uh, you know, use four or five a game because they get ripped off him and that sort of thing. Because it's just that easy to do. But look, Tony, a, a real honour for me to, to to wear that jumper. and I'm very very proud, and uh, you know, that's you know people say. You know, you're, you're an Eagles buzzer and Dockers. I said you've got to be joking. I'm CF you know Cf, CFC right through. You know, so, true,
0: true blue. Is true it true mark. that you told Mark McClure that you'd take him for a ride in the new you would win before taking <laughs> Mark of the Year?
1: Now, that's a good, another good story, Tone. Like, you know, uh, Kenny and I had a very good, uh, a very good uh, you know, rivalry. You know, we were both, you know, high flyers. And, you know, Kenny took some unbelievable marks. And I was out one day, you know, and uh, I, I just did. I, I deserved a little bit of manual leave. So I had one week off, you know, and, uh, and watch. I was watching it from the stand. And, and McClure happened to be out as well. Kenny's taken this absolute screamer on the half-back line, you know, and everyone went up and McClure turned to me and he said, well, let's just fix the the mark of the year up, Buzz. What are you going to do? And I just tapped him on the shoulder and said, look, don't worry about it, Sellers. I'll fix this up next week. And you know what happened? We played Geelong the next week. Now, I was sitting in the stand, and you can ask McClure this. This This is a true story. I don't know where it come from. I don't know where it come from i just tapped you on the shoulder and I said, Sellers, I've just had a premonition. He said, what are you talking about, Buzz, you know? I said, I've just I've just had a premonition, I've just taken a screamer in the goal square And he said, Ah oh, yeah, Mark McClure was like And would you believe it? And the cross, of course, is still out on the end of the 10-metre square there, Tone, the, the big mark come along, and uh, that's a true story, and I basically said to him on the way down, you can have the tyres if you want, sellers, you know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's a magnificent story, and look, Buzz, we're looking at the photo here on the wall now, and, you know, we're lucky in, in this day of video footage, yeah. it's there for time immemorial on film. Um, the fact you took it in front of the Heatley stand was mm. an added bonus, mm. but... Can you take us through it? I mean, does it just happen in an instant? Oh, look, it did,
1: yeah. Um, I think Wellesley was about 35, 40 metres out, uh, Tony, and uh, he couldn't kick over a jam pin, so I thought, oh, there's no use leading because he won't pass. (laughs) So I sort of ran back into the back of the pack, and Mark Voss has the the great Geelong uh, backman there, and Johnny Mossett was backing back into the pack, you know, and as the ball came in, it it dropped a little bit short. It may have been, you know, the wind, wind affected it. And um, you know, I sort of jumped, and as you can see in the photo, he's actually bending. But as he as he stood up, he took me up with it. And uh, oh, you know, that's another probably ten feet. That's on the way down, Tony. That mark, you know. So that 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 shot. But uh, but no, just uh, you just said it. It, it was a, a, a one and one and opportunity. Uh, it, it sort of come off. I get a bit disappointed. There's no, no more great marks, you know, taken. Walks took one a couple of years ago, um, you know, Moorcroft took one, you know, probably ten years ago now, you know, the real, the real high fly. but that's a good pack mark. You know, I, I you know, I, I just get disappointed that there's no big pack mark, because they don't kick it down the ground any longer, Time. You know, they ch- chip, chip it across the ground, they chip it over the thing, and that. I think that makes it, you know, the more that the, um, you know, the high flying, you know, forward is no longer, you know, maybe a part of the game. So that
0: frustrates you generally speaking yeah, the games yeah. played differently mm. and, and perhaps there's no more or not as much room yeah. for flair and finesse. Yeah. Well, people
1: said to me, what would you do with the flood? I said, oh, I thought it would have been great. It would have been more hits for me to jump on.
0: <laughs> yeah. Fair point. And of course, this was only the first leg of the... Uh, yes, of the, the triple. Grunella. The triple crown. Oh, the triple. That's right. Well, triple, yeah. we'll get to that shortly. But obviously, you know, 81, I mean, it was just a like a fairy tale year. You know, for the team and for yourself, yeah. particularly first year and Ken yeah. Hoda. Um, we get to '81, of course. Mm. You know, uh, again, it was uh, the the team was sitting pretty going in the final yep. series, yep. Um, and really, you know, took all before them. '81. Yep. I mean, it wasn't without its moments. I mean, you know, the the whips were cracking in the third quarter, and mm. we're actually down. Yeah,
1: Tane, can we just go back to the the start of, of '81? Um, and I'll get to that in a minute. In a minute. We, the, the signing is a is a conjecture to to a lot of people. They've, they've often asked me, and I, over the last couple of years, I've found out different things from from different Carlton officials. You know how they actually signed me. And uh, you mentioned the the uh, the form the uh, sorry the form four, of course, with North Melbourne, and then the uh, father son. Well, I played some terrific um, scratch matches or practice matches for, for the Blues with Kenny and Mike. You know, and Carlton bloody hopeless Tonyians practice matches, aren't they? And they just didn't try. I rang Dad and I said, Dad, they don't try this. You just wait, son, you just wait, you know. So I played some good games and um, the Friday night picked in the side. Oh, Peter, you may be not be able to play tomorrow because we haven't got your clearance yet. And I said, "Well, what's going on with that?" He said, "Oh, um, Wes Lobs has been, uh, you know, uh, saying that uh, we don't, we don't, we don't want this kid. We don't want this kid for a couple of weeks. But in the end, they went with me because Johnson was down, and I think they wanted to bring bring me in from there. So, uh, look, it's you know, it's all history now. And uh, uh, you know, I, I, look, I grabbed the opportunity when when, when I did." Um, Maybe I was a replacement for, uh, for Johnson for eight or nine or ten rounds before he come back. But in the end, we got you know we got well I, I think we got two outstanding half forwards with a with an outstanding centre half forward, which made it a very very good line for the Mosquito Fleet to to come through and uh, you know it worked worked very well very and well. To, and to
0: run out yeah. for your first grand final, your first year of footy, mm. you know, do, do you recall oh, look, making it's... the few steps down the race and onto yeah, the ground? What you're that right,
1: was like? you're right, Tone. And uh, you know, the second semi final was fantastic because. Uh, uh, you know, the smother, the, the second leg come in then, of course, you know, and uh, uh, we played Geelong out at, out at Geelong and uh, we won by I don't know, seven or eight goals in the end. And that really, uh, you know, presented us into the grand final.
0: It would be remiss of me not to refer to that, Peter. And apologies for that oversight, actually, because I was there in that game the second semi, and it happened as it often does right in front of me in the Ford Pocket. And I'll tell you, Peter, it's the first and last time I've seen a standing ovation given at the football Mm. for a a moment of individual brilliance. But that, that was an extraordinary. Uh, passage of play
1: Well again Tone It was it was something That Parkin had, had, had Drilled into me You know We had to be desperate We had to keep the ball On the forward line And et cetera et cetera The ball come over The back of the pack It was a typical Jimmy Buckley pass It went five five metres Over my head So I had to chase it And it uh, went into The forward pocket you know, One of the of The Leyland brothers Picked it up And uh, I just dived From about You know Fifty five Sixty foot away And uh, smothered About five you know. But you know It gets better with ages You know Tone About five Five or six feet away Smothered the ball Now was that close to going out of bounds, it, would, it wasn't funny, you know, I picked it up and I thought, oh, I'll run in and kick an easy goal here, but they'd actually covered it, Geelong had actually covered the thing in, so I, I just threw a wild boot at it and um, you wouldn't believe it, but it's just spun around the post and I thought, "Gee, that's a good goal, you know, <laughs> stood up, the hands went in the air tongue, And you know? I thought, oh, you know, hallelujah and... Uh, <laughs> the Dominator Johnson's come straight at me for a hundred mile an hour, and bloody nearly knocked me out. He gave me a dipper uh, shirt front. McClure's sure. come over and says, "Get up, you weak! We? they have got three, three and a half quarters to go yet." You know, he was always a you know such a inspiration to us, McLeod. You know, and, uh, but he was he was great because he got everyone going. But look again, Tone. That was just the thing I thought you know that, that I had to do for the side, and uh, and and it come off in a spectacular fashion. Southby usually says to me, "It really inspired the team that Absolutely. day," and that's what I think football's all about because. Uh, you know, a Johnson smother and, and, and dives into the pack and handballs it out. That's an inspiration too that, you know, a lot of people don't, you know, give credit for it just because I did, you know, did that. It was an important time of the game too, Tone, actually, because I think they kicked three goals in, the, in that time and we hadn't scored, you know, so about the 20-minute mark and, uh, you know, as south Southpia often said to me, he said, well, that, that's, that was the catalyst of, of getting us going. So,
0: And of course, uh, in the end, I think the team won quite comfortably yes, in that game. Yeah. Went Fast forward a week, you know, the, or two weeks to the grand final, mm. and again it was. This was a tough contest. Yeah, yeah. Collingwood were up and yeah, about, and yeah. late into the third quarter, mm. uh, it was looking a bit grim.
1: Look, you've got your uh, you've got your um, uh, record there quite good because I thought to myself at the twenty minute mark of the third quarter we were gone. The, the chant went up, Collingwood, you know, and I thought to myself, gee, and they were getting behind them. And Tony, we just talked about the, the second semi final smother. Wayne Harms did an unbelievable thing, and Jimmy Buckley kicked the goal virtually straight on three-quarter time and got us from back from about 24 till about 12. David Parkins comes screaming down the race. I don't know whether you know this. Comes screaming down the race, they're gone, we're going to run over them. We go, jeez, what, you know, what's David saying? You know, He would actually saw them stop. Yeah, that's what sort of coach this man was. You know, maybe the, the the coaching staff actually did it as well. Oh, he stopped running. He stopped running, and he got, he instilled that into us at, at three quarter time, and that boosted me because I had a fairly quiet eighty one grand final time. I had a good after half time because I did a lot of my you know one percent things, etc. for the side, and I thought I have to work harder because I was you know I was a bit, bit overawed. Uh, I'll admit it, I was a bit overawed because, you know, the 118,000 people there, probably the second best in history, and, um, you know, I got a bit overawed, but I tell you what, Tane, I was ready next year, I was ready in 82, you know, so, uh, uh, but, you know, 81, absolutely sensational win that, you know, and, and it was tough, you're right, it was tough, I think we kicked 414 or 514 in the last quarter. So we had, you know, we had a lot of the ball, and and Collingwood couldn't get the ball.
0: And, and the Collingwood team was totally overrun. I, mm. I, I think it was a, yeah. a, a period in play in which Carlton absolutely dominated. When Parkin strode down the mm. race at three mm. quarter time yeah. did, and said what he said, yeah. did you actually believe him? Or did, yes. you, did you feel yourself yeah. that yeah. you had enough in the tank to? Get through that last thirty minutes. I certainly
1: did because, Tony, in those days, it was only the five. Now we won the second. We had a break for the second semi. The second semi we played, we had a break, and then we went into the grand final. So I knew that we were very, very fresh. Collingwood had the four games during the during that final series, and we actually heard that uh, Tommy actually coached him for around about an hour and a half or two hours on the Thursday night. So. All this was put into the computer tone, and, and I think, and, and as I said before, Parkham was such a tactician, uh, coaching and 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 red red games just just beautifully. Um, I think he he honestly knew what was going on, and and, and we were inspired. At you know, I, I, look, I don't think we didn't have the. Will uh, and the idea that we'd lose the game, I think that was just the inspiration that we needed. That the coach had seen something, and and you know the assistant coaches were on to us all during that three-quarter time huddle, and I think it was just something that was instilled to us because you know we just took all before us in that last quarter.
0: Yeah. And there's a famous photograph, Peter. I think you were thereabouts when a, when a, um, a boundary throw-up was called, cool, mm-hmm. and the siren went. Mm-hmm. You've got all these fellows yourself included with yes, arms in the yes, air. Yes. Do, do you remember you know, yes, that certainly moment of Is oh, it a
1: relief as well? Yeah, um, well, probably no, Tony, because you know you're going to win, and you wanted to keep going. You know? it, it, it's such a, you know, and I'll get on to 82. That was a different feeling, because we, we really had to work. But 81, you know, we, we knew probably about halfway through the la- last quarter, I think Ashley kicked a couple, and I think O kicked a couple. So we went from you know, about nine points down or about nine points, fifteen points up. You know, and uh, we were going to win easy. we were peppering the goals as well, and they hardly got it down. I a uh, uh, Kenny Hunter had Dacos under control, and Brucey had Craig Davis under control. So, uh, you know, it was just it was just that it uh, pleasurable. You know, it was pleasurable that we uh, that we uh, you know was waiting for that sign because. When it does go, you You do get a bit uh, emotional, a bit uh, elated, of course, because you've about to win. Was Bob there to yes. see that? Yes, he was at both both, both. grand finals. Um, he's been gone about 14 years now, so, uh, yeah, no, he was, he was elated and, uh, uh, you know, great to have him there and, uh, you know... Uh, yeah, it was it was it was sort of a calculated um, um, you know a period structure. You know, where he didn't want me to go you know until I was probably six or seven years of, of waffle footy. And uh, of course, these young blokes don't get that now. You know, like Kenny, Kenny and I actually played a hundred games before we come over. So we were matured and we were, we were well developed. And and virtually, as I've mentioned many times, we fitted in to the great Carlton side, which it was. Mm.
0: So fast forward, Peter, 1982, again, you know, the team was um, gearing up mm. for back-to-back yeah. uh, premierships, defending its uh, its 81 grand final yeah. victory. The, looking back on the 82 year, did it, it, again, it went mm. it went smoothly yeah.
1: for for the team and for yourself? don't know whether it went smooth, Tony. I think we didn't win the first two or three or four games. You know, we may have lost one and I think we drew one and... Uh, won't play. Well, we had a bit of a premiership handover, you know, and we thought things were going to happen. But I think about, around about round eight to about sort of 16, we really played some great footy. Richmond were a very good side, very good side, you know. And our nemesis was bloody Essendon. And we couldn't beat Essendon, you know, uh, and we just didn't want to f- face them, you know. We, uh, and, oh, look, we've had a couple of one-point against them and the very, very, very famous one out here uh, where Fitzy got the ball taken off him. We like, were five goals up, would you believe, about four minutes to go and, and we lost it and uh, we just couldn't beat them. So, but they never got to us in the finals time. So we played the four games that year. You know, we had uh, we played, um, uh, I think Hawthorne beat them, so we went into the second semi final. Now, that day, Tone, uh, I got a week suspension for uh, abuse, and Jono got two for hitting uh, Polkinghorn of, of Hawthorne. So we had to get Jono through two games to get him into the grand final, you know. So uh, then we played Richmond the next week, and Richmond belted us, Tony. Belted us. 72, 74 points. So the Parkin. Mind and the park and planning went into in went into vote now i 've never spoken to him about it, but I, i'll bet you what that's what he did. We played Hawthorne the next week time, and we only we struggled uh, without Johnston and a couple of others did David Clark come in, Frank Margazzani come in, and we struggled to beat him by about thirteen or fourteen points Time so they give us no no hope the next week. Johnston was in. And you know, I, I I was out and I was very rusty that, against Hawthorne. but you know, and I, virtually I was back for the for the grand final as well. So we've had we've got two players coming back in. We lost Curly Austin um, around about uh, two days before the the clash, so we had to again a fix the side up. On the track, it did, it? correct, I mean, yeah? And um, of course the rest is history. We went out there and and Richmond was a very tough game. It was a very tough game, but they, they're the great they're the great games to win, though, aren't they?
0: Bruce Dool Peter has relayed the story about the great fear he had on uh, the prospect of standing Brian Taylor in the mm. 1982 grand yeah. final and he wasn't sure that Taylor was going to take his place and he relates his story how warming up uh, minutes before the, mm. the grand final and seeing Taylor and his civvies over yes. in the race and yeah. what a relief that was to yeah. him. Yeah. Um, so again, I, I guess the planets align. You know, there mm. was that disappointment yeah. in the Richmond game, yeah. the boys rebounded and got those two Good players mm. back, yourself included.
1: And- what happened there, Tone, was that, that we changed a bit, fair bit. A bloke called Landy picked me, used to pick me up against Richmond. Now, David kept me on the ground, off, the, off the fence until the, all the, you know, he didn't trust me because, you know, well, I get a little bit of white line fever. You know that, Tone. You sort of humor. I get a bit of white line fever when I went on the ground. And it all fell broke. We, we kicked the first three, Tone. As you remember, we kicked the first three in about the first eight minutes. Played some fantastic footy flow on. You know, we got some, you know, right free kicks at the next time. That was okay, but we never scored till about the twenty-minute mark of the third, second quarter. They kicked the next seven. Richmond fight. They started to fight. They blew because you know they thought we were a little bit weak and the mosquito fleet, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, but they they didn't know we had big wow. Warren Jones, you know, he absolutely terrified two or three of them. And I do believe that, you know, some of the things we wow did that day was it went to a long, long way to, to us winning that game. I took a, a terrific mark, about the 20-minute mark, handballed it to Kenny, kicked the goal, and we kicked a couple more just to get back sort of, you know, on half-time. And we were outplayed, Bobby Tones, from about halfway through the first quarter uh, to half-time. I think we kicked maybe kicked the first two, and then Richmond cheated. They 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 brought someone onto the ground. You know they didn't didn't have a Richmond jumper on. They had nineteen players on the field. <laughs> she that was, was a the streaker. Yes. On.
0: <laughs> now um, I have spoken to Alex Marcoux about the <laughs> streaker and where he was at the time. Oh, you get, you, the time? you get a colourful,
1: you get a colourful admission from from the from the, the, the Alex Marcoux, wouldn't you?
0: <laughs> oh, he kept it above board. But I'm wondering where you were when it happened and what you actually did. You know,
1: okay, I'll tell you. This is the true story, Tony. She went to Brucey Dill first, but Brucey doesn't talk to anyone, so she had to go to the next one. Now, she went to the Dominator. Now, she shouldn't have done that because the Dominator grabbed her and threw her in a 360, and she was on the way to me. She was on the way to me next, and I was going, come over here, love. <laughs> <laughs> and Fitz, grabbed up on the scruff of the neck and pushed her off the ground, and, of course, the police uh, police come over. But, look, Tane, that could have been a dangerous part of the game. We and, had a run on uh, we did, that's right. That's what I'm yep. trying to say. Yep, yeah. and uh, you know, I think just after she, uh, you know, Fitzy got us and just said, "Look, you know, don't lose the sight, don't lose the what's going on." You know, and then I think we kicked the next three. Um, I think I kicked one, and, and uh, I handballed a couple of, uh, to Ashy and one to Fitzy, and we kicked the five goals within about you know that that ten or fifteen minute period. So instead of going in about fifteen points down, Tone, I think we went about uh, eight points up at at um, at three quarter time. Now Parkham was very subdued. In, in that time because he probably couldn't couldn't judge how they were going because they'd actually had a break so they were fresh so he just went in there and said look boys you've got the chance to um, you know go into history back to back hardly been done you'll be remembered forever and that that was a, a great inspiration for us and we just time we just slugged it out in the last quarter and I think we kicked five, four or five in that last quarter they kicked it one or two and we won by three goals which happened to be Tony First eight minutes of the game was three goals. Absolutely, and the rest and it was, of the game was a, was a line ball.
0: And it was one of the great grand finals, the only two grand final. Ken Hunter probably wouldn't remember a lot of it. I think Jim Jess twice oh. took him out in that game.
1: Well, look, I keep saying it. That, you know, one of the greatest players we've ever played with was Ken Hunter, and I'm I'm not ashamed of saying that. Uh, you know, I know he comes from Western Australia, but uh, you know, I, I really do put him in the in probably the other twenty that were with me in those two years. You know, I, and and it's remiss of me to say because we had twenty six or twenty eight players in a group that, that helped them to, to win a grand final. But those 21, and, and we had Swan Mackay, as you remember, Tony's retired and Greg Wells retired. I think only two changes the next year. So that, that, that goes to show what a great side you know, that, that particular side was. Do you care to volunteer the best Carlton player in your time, Peter? Oh, uh, no doubt. Bruce Dool. Absolutely, no doubt. Uh, you know, he uh, he epitomised everything, even on Sundays, Tony. You know, like we'd pay the Catholic Wars, you know, and the Protestants versus the Catholics. And Bruce, he took it as a... You know, we'd have to... to Jono and I'd have to dual-team him to keep him out of the game. <laughs> but it was just fun again. It was just, you know, something that Parkin had brought in and just made it, you know, good for us. But, jeez, you know, Pleasant Sundays were pretty good after that too, Tony.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Now, Peter, time is the enemy, so yes. we move it along. But I do want to talk about the... The penultimate game of the nineteen eighty three home and away season against yeah, North, yeah. which was your last a bit game. Bit disappointing. To yeah, you yeah. were uh, su- reported yeah, and suspended yeah. four weeks for striking John Law. Yeah, yeah. And you, um, you, you prophetically said at the time that mm, this might be it, and it, mm, and it was. Yeah. What was your, you know, your your rationale at that time? You v-
1: very disappointed because um, it was a reflex action, tone. Um he grabbed me, I sort of swung around, at him with an open hand. He'd said that actually in the, uh, in the, uh, the tribunal. Uh, goal square, Tony, running across the goal square, that's where it happened. He never went off the ground, Never. he'd actually said that in the, in the, in the uh, evidence. The umpire came into the into the tribunal, Tony, and said, um, Your Honour, I saw player four king hit, player 13 from North Melbourne, I've just sunk back in my chair and I'm going, this place got no idea. It was in the centre square about five metres from the centre circle. I said, I said he's got the wrong incident here. Bang! Four weeks they give me time. Dismissed mine and Law's uh, uh, evidence, and they took it on the umpire. So I got four weeks. so I was going to miss finals, et cetera. Et cetera. And also, I was up for hitting Gary Dempsey. Now it was just a feather touch, and they just dismissed it straight. away. But I was just distraught. Just I couldn't go through the the second. You know, they had to uh, uh, ban- not band it, but they had to uh, postpone the hearing for twenty more. I composed myself, you know, and and I've actually said in the thing, look. You know, I haven't done anything wrong here. Why are they suspending me? And the three judges were sitting just across the way, but they didn't. They didn't take any any anything from it. But look, I was just I was really distraught, Tony, because I, I thought to myself, as you just said, that that could be you know the end of my my career with the with the, with the famous club that I wanted to play with.
0: And of course, you are only twenty six years of age at the mm. time. I know there were other circumstances, but yeah. your father took ill. You, yes. you had to return. Leukemia.
1: He had had leukemia, so I had to go back and uh, and, and uh, do it. Co- but look, John Elliott come in and uh, he he threw everything at me, Tony. You know, I won't tell you the figures, but it was just astronomical. You know, in in today's term, I would be on about one point eight million. I I'll tell you, uh, and that's no word of a lie. And he 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 wanted to. He wanted me there. He he. You know, we want to build the site around you. We've got Coonahan, Bradley, Motley coming, and the five year plan, as we were just talking about a while ago, was in place again. You know, we still had the Fitzies, and we still had the Ken Hunters, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So you know, it was a it was a great period of the of the club. You know, the club at the time, and uh, I went back and played with Perth and. Uh, I actually, we couldn't make the finals that year, and uh, I said to myself, look, uh, you know, uh, uh, I would like to go back to Carlton. So, uh, and uh, unfortunately, uh, played a state game, and everything was in place, Tony, for me to come back. I was playing on the Queen's birthday, Footscray, that actually picked me, you know, had actually picked me. Now, all the kerfuffle went around. Um... He's a he's a uh, you know he doesn't want to play with Perth he does he doesn't and I left it to the two clubs to um, organise the you know organise the clearance apparently Tony and you won't believe this it was all over five thousand Carlton wanted twenty thousand pay me for the rest of the year Perth wanted twenty five and I actually said to Ian Collins a couple of years ago if I hadn't known that I would have put the five thousand in myself mm. because that that was my respect and 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 my my willingness and. <laughs> Urge to get back and play, you know, the great football. I played a couple of state games. Do people say I failed when I went back to uh, Western Australia, Tony. I was picked in state of origin games when I was playing at the Perth Footy Club in '84 and '85. So I sort of repute, repute a bit about the, you know, that I failed when I went back because they don't pick duds. To playing State of Origin games, Tony. When when those great State of Origin games. Remember '84, Tony. I kicked uh, four goals off on half back four, half forward flank, and a bloke called Gary Ablett introduced him to the uh, football world. He kicked nine off a half forward flank for Victoria. What a game that was.
0: And uh, you talk about the 5000 I can remember Greg Williams walked out on Geelong for the mm. sake of $5,000 and you do yeah. wonder what might have been had he stayed yeah, at Geelong. Yeah. Peter, um, you did make the, the effort to come back yeah, you know, yeah, in the I summer did. of 85, yes, 86, <laughs> yep. why didn't it work?
1: Um I actually broke – no, I didn't break. I very severely uh, did tendons in my ankle. I, would you believe this? It was the last training session under Robert Walls. We had the uh, uh, the class of 86. There was Dora, myself, uh, Sticks, Brattles and Peter Motley all in a terrific photo.
0: Inside football. Yes, I remember that's that right. photo. You, yes, covered that yes. training session. I've still
1: got it at home and I still look at it and think, geez, I would have loved I, Tony, look, I, you know, I know this is going to Carlton people, but I would have loved to play with Coonanhan, and I would have loved to play with Bradley, and I would have loved to play with this bloke here, Silvani, You know, you know, but that's as you mentioned before, that that's that's hindsight. I had the pleasure to play with Southby and and Brucey Dool and, you know, Barry Armstrong. You know, all the, all the greats. And Tony, that's what I get get. I, I I lose that a little bit now. You go into the rooms now. there's not too many superstars, champions, and leaders around the club now, which I a little bit miss. I come over. Jezza, Big Nick, Bruce Comden, legend after legend. And Tony, you ooze, they oozed the, you know, the, um, oh, what's the word? Uh, the aura. aura. Exactly, aura off them. And you, and you did, you did. Play, you think, oh, geez, I want to play well for this club because these guys have been you know. here. I think these young blokes, you know, probably need that sort of thing. So, look, you know, uh, Mick, I'm always here if if you want me to uh, sit, sit in the rooms for for, <laughs> and, and people can come to me. And I'd, I'd be quite happy to, you know, to pass on, yeah. Peter,
0: it's magnificent to hear you, you reflect on your career, what a career it was at Carlton. All too brief, but gee whiz, it, mm. uh, it's, it's one that people that we're privileged enough to Thank see you. it play out Thank you, will, will not forget. Mm. I always finish with one last question, Peter. What does Carlton mean to you?
1: Oh, look, everything. I've still got compassion. I'm the biggest, I'm the biggest West Australian uh, supporter in there. and. Uh, you know when the mighty blues play well, which is you know uh, you know still a lot of the time. Uh, you know the chest puffs out, and that's my side, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But look, football's changed, as I said before, Tony. It's more a big business. It was a 90 million dollar game when I played and when you covered it. It's a 900 million dollar game now. I don't think it's any better off, but we're still evolving all the time. And uh, you know the mighty blues are always going to be there, and they're, they're the greatest club in you know in the land. And uh, you know we all know the CFC, and that's that's what I think. I hope that some of our future, or well, current and future players really play for because the CFC is worth, worth fighting for
0: great note to end it with Peter an absolute pleasure to hear you talk today the great number four in the studios to the listeners that's all uh, from today's podcast thanks to Luke Ganano for producing uh, the program we look forward to speaking again shortly when we will have in our company another great of the, the mighty blues thank you again